white nerd ritual <laughs> of uh, getting your Criterion Hall. Uh, Indeed, I did. Yeah. It had been a little while since I participated in this in one, but I did this year. Yeah, I, I I haven't participated in one I think in a long time, and usually I would just buy one or two. Mm. Yeah, I went a little nuts on this hole. No shit. So you got some arsenic and old lace, mm-hmm. okja. That's how you pronounce it, right? I think so. Okay, I've never seen it. So. And neither have I. <laughs> Lost Highway. That's. I was just I was just like, it's Bong Joon Ho. I want to see it. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, well, Okja, not, not Lost Okja, Highway. yeah, yeah. Um, this, uh, yeah, you got, I see you got Heaven's Gate. I got Heaven's Gate, yeah. Oh my God, dude, you're in for a wild ride. I'm looking forward to it. That is, and, uh, yeah, um, hey, look for the T-Bone Burnett cameo. Oh, right on. Um, it's, uh, in the, um, roller skating scene. Okay. Can't miss him. Uh, all about my mother. Uh, piano, not surprised considering your. Uh, oh, my my your, recent uh, Jane Campion watch. Yeah, your 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 awakening to Campion. Yeah. Um, and then I also recently got the 25th anniversary um, in the cut, which was not a Criterion. But oh well, they yeah. they reissued it on Blu-ray, and I picked it up. Yeah. Um, bring that baby. That's a good one. Oh, dude, Picnic at Hanging Rock. Yeah, this is a. I'm going. I'm going to go on a weird journey. Uh, a weird. Oh, so are you going to catch the last wave as well? I didn't realize that was a pun I just made. But. <laughs> <laughs> the last wave is really good too. Yeah. Uh, well, what did I? Uh, I picked up Witness recently as well. Oh yeah, Witness is good. Win- yeah, Witness is is fucking great. But yeah, mm-hmm. I want to. I had recently uh, during this during a period where I had the Criterion Channel. Um, I did. I saw a very early film of his, uh, which I think it was called The Plumber. It was kind of a. Oh, I've never seen that one. Uh, yeah, it was, it was one of his early, early, early things. I, and uh, I love Peter Weir yeah. so much. Like, um, I um, so Apple TV occasionally has movies for free that you can watch mm-hmm. without renting them, and one of them is Master and Commander. And I've been meaning to watch it again. I just haven't like. Set aside the two and a half hours. Oh, sure, yeah. Uh, maybe that will be a goal this week is to watch Master Gunner. Because that movie is extraordinary. I just, I've never seen it. Oh, you've so never seen I've it? I've never seen it. Dude, you had to come over. <laughs> <laughs> With a new soundbar? Yeah. I got, got the new soundbar, got a subwoofer. Uh, you know, just, uh, it'll be great. You know, yeah. See Russell Crowe yell, you know, be a pirate. Or, <laughs> not a pirate, but uh, a seaman? <laughs> um, yeah. Um, okay. Drive My Car, would you tell me I need to watch? Drive My Car is amazing. I yeah. love that film. Um, Kurosawa Akiru, I haven't seen that one. Well, I saw Living, which was the recent remake with Bill Nye. Oh, yeah. And I really liked that a lot, and I wanted to mm. see the original. That's on Netflix right now. i got to check that out. Yeah. And, uh, oh, God, I love this movie. Secrets and Lies? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's That's another guy that I, I want to... You know, see all of his stuff now too, because I watched uh, Naked not that long ago. Yeah, um, Topsy Turvy is. Um, I like Secrets and Lies. I like Topsy Turvy. Naked is a tough watch. I don't know if you've seen. I've that not one. seen. I'll be. I've not seen Naked. I know that's a tough one to watch. It, it's a great fucking film, but um, yeah, it's a tough watch. Um, the other tough watch. Um, I I can't believe i can't forget this movie i, I, I the name. can't remember the name yeah um but it has 
Um, and I know we're from. I know we're from this fucking Harry Potter. Uh, <laughs> excuse me. I believe it's Harry fucking Potter. Yeah, Harry fucking. Hold on. I, I'll I'll get this here in a second. But um, it's about abortions. Um, and it just slaps you. Just the ending just slaps you. And Happy Go Lucky is really. Oh, Vera Drake. Okay. Oh my God! You gotta check out Vera Drake sometime. It's. I will. He's he's another guy. Why why can't I think of his name all of a sudden? Um, fuck. What, the actor? No, the director. Mike. It's Mike Lee. They, thank you. Yes, I don't yeah. know why I couldn't think of it all of a sudden, but yeah, yeah I need to go down through all of Mike Lee's stuff. Too. Yeah. Um, and Jim Broadbent is in Vera Drake, but uh, it's um the actress I'm trying to think of is Imelda Staunton. Oh yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, she's um. Yeah, Vera Drake just, um, it's, so much is left to, in words, um, the power of the, of that movie is just the words and the long looks, um, that, and Stoughton just floors me with just this completely understated performance, and, what that movie probably came out maybe nearly 20 years ago and I haven't watched it since but that's how much this movie has stayed with me wow yeah it, it's just it's gonna like I and Tears and Lies too the end of that movie just floors me like it's just like whatever he's doing he's yeah he's got he's got uh, he's got away with uh, with writing and and I see you. Um, I see you on your your you're continuing your right shirt kick. As yeah, my well. right card. Yeah, so right I showing up was so fucking phenomenal, and that was the first right card that I've seen. Um, I, I don't know how I've gone this long without seeing a Kelly record because her style is just right up my fucking alley. Yeah, and so I I picked up Old Joy and Certain Women as well. Yeah, I um, yeah, I think I need to. Um, I think. It's old joy that I, I know I've not seen any of them, but there's one where they make like pancakes or something. Hmm. That was like a big A24 thing for a while. <laughs> like you make make the pancakes like they do in or no in First Cow. Oh yeah, yeah. Something. Which First Cow? I, I need to pick up First Cow. It was it's not a Criterion. There's there's a it is out there though. I need to pick it up. And yeah. it it stars Stephen Malkmus. Yeah, yeah. Which I, uh, I blew my mind. I'm like, fucking Malcolmus? Yeah, I remember that was the other big thing. Is like, it's so... Um, well, I mean, you know, there's precedent because Old Joy has Will Oldham. Yep. Yeah, that, it's another musician. Uh, Name Bonnie Prince Billy. Yes. Yeah. Uh, um, sort of like how Jarvis Cocker somehow shows up in every Wes Anderson movie. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Since, uh, I mean, he does look like Wes Anderson drew him, to be fair. <laughs> Jarvis Cocker? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, um, but any man he writes, uh, common people can dress any way he fucking wants. Sure, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's our criterion opener. This is Mental Platypus, and I'm Jared. I'm Jason. Uh, we are, I'm sure, as you can hear in the background, listening to the the ultimate. You know, we had the penultimate last week, so this is the ultimate uh, album in our series on the extra willkiller activities of Jeff Tweedy. Yeah, getting Tweedy with it. 
Na, 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 na. That's the last time you'll hear that. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so this is uh, this is Love is the King, and we are now gonna discuss my favorite entry in his solo. Oof. Um, and why is it your favorite? I just it's so consistent. I there's there's and. I don't know. It to me, it it's probably if we're if we're and I would include the Tweety album in with his solo work. If well, maybe we'll save our rankings for the end. What do you think? That's fine. Okay. I already know what's my number one. All right. So. Well, but I just think it's he essentially you know has shown that he can just put out a Wilco album if he wants to on his own. <laughs> yeah, this is his. This is Tweety's Wilco album. I mean, it's... He, he did it. <laughs> it's... The progression, though, of, of Warm, Warmer, and Love is the King, to me, you know, if, if, if he just settles into this groove and then, you know, Cruel Country comes out, and if he settles into this groove, I'm fine with that. If he yeah. just wants to be a gentle country rocker for the rest of his career, I'm all on board. <laughs> But this isn't just like a country record. No, th- but okay. So there's mid-tempo country rock, and there's some reflective, like folk acoustic numbers, and mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I, there's there's some. Um, um, I think there's some sky blue sky in here, maybe even. But uh, well, yeah. I mean, but sky blue sky. We've talked about this before. Sky blue sky was the reset button. Yeah. On on Wilco Wilco's career. I don't know why I have so much trouble saying the word Wilco. I, just I said it just fine right there, but for some reason, it, it, occasionally I'll lose the L as I go into the yeah. C. So, I, I don't know what to tell you there, man. Um, but <laughs> I don't know why you just turned into the dude right there. I don't know what to tell you there, man. I don't know what to tell you there, man. Yeah. It's just, uh, just, just listening to Wilco. Just, just, just helping her conceive, man. Yeah, it just, <laughs> it's just. Um, it's this deadhead trip I've been on, man. I've just been uh, taking it easy. She's not my special lady. She's my fucking lady friend. Yeah, yeah. Just, just stay away from my special lady friend, man. Just Anyway, yeah. um, I, I'm happy with if, if this is all he does for I, the rest of his life. And it, well, I'll, I'll find out as I listen back to this, but I, I, in full disclosure, we are in a new studio. Yeah, and uh, so we, this, we did move. We did move the Hoon Wall Studios. I haven't figured out the sound quite yet. The layout's a little different. Yeah. Um, so I'm concerned about the air conditioner noise, and I'm concerned the music might be a little too loud. But I will listen back to this later and figure it out in the mix. I guess. I also like how I just said that we moved the Hoon Wall Studios. Right. Yeah, you did shit. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know you, you moved. You did. You did the definition <laughs> of fuck all. Yeah. yeah. You found out this morning. I, yeah. I don't know how that. You, you, yeah. you told me this morning. Yeah. Had um, had you uh, informed me before, I could have probably helped you. Well, I, I had other Jason help me. Um, oh. as, as, you know, foolishly, of course, I thought, ah, you know, I've moved all my stuff before on my own. I did it over the pandemic. Now, granted, that was four years ago, five years ago, I yeah. guess. Uh, yeah, four years ago, because it, uh, it was in April of 2019 that I moved. Um, and I had far less stuff. <laughs> so... Yeah. It's it, it definitely this time I was like, I, I have some larger pieces that I did not have when I moved last time. So I yeah. just I, I phoned up, uh, phoned up one of the Jasons and was like, hey, can you phone? <laughs> I mean, 
Yeah. You made the right choice. I <laughs> probably would have said no. You would have died. Um, <laughs> it was it was hot, and there were some large pieces. I got a nice oh. nice gash on my foot. Um, Are you saying I don't know how hydrate? <laughs> uh, I'm just saying, you know, it's. Uh, is it because I'm fat? <laughs> I you know I'm saying I saved you is what okay. I'm saying. So and you killed Jason. I, I killed the other Jason. Because yes. there can only be one. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <sighs> finally, Anyhow, finally, my plan's complete. <laughs> no, so so getting into into love is the king. Uh, we've, we I've, I know I've referenced it before, but for those of us who spent some of their lonely time over the course of the pandemic checking in with the Tweeties on Instagram, mm-hmm. this album took shape. The songs took shape over the course of that that time. Yeah, uh, and this was released in 2020. Uh, this was his pandemic album. It, it was, and as far as pandemic projects go, this is a fucking banger. Yeah, I um, not referencing the pandemic at all, to be perfectly honest. No, no, the, yeah, and that's the thing that um, I, I thought was sort of the theme through this record was this album could have been the downer of all downers. This could have, mm-hmm. um, this one uh, could have pushed push Yankee Hotel Foxtrot off. Off the building, right? Yes, um, off those, you know, the tower in Chicago. Yeah, um, and uh, since it's screaming for its death, as far as <laughs> sad bastard records go, Yankee Hotel Extra. <laughs> um, but um, that was my impression of Yankee Hotel Fox Extra right. as it being as it Hans Gruber's. Building. Yeah. <laughs> for, this is you realize this is an audio medium. <laughs> I, he's, I he's doing the silent Alan Rickman <laughs> fall for just you know for those of you listening. That's what that silence. <laughs> uh, but I, I I want that to you know of course now how many decades after the release of the film I want um, oh they just Hans Grubert I want that to become a thing. Yeah, just like I um, just like I want cu- uh, want Cussin to be uh, uh, like in Fantastic Mr. Fox. Oh, right, yeah, right. I want that to be a thing, too. Mm. Um, and shag ass. <laughs> I can roll time bombs. But, um, mm. no, what I like about this one is that it is... Um, I mean, from the, just from the title, the title and the general mood of this record. Yeah. I, I, I was listening to this alone in, a, in my house last night. And it should have like probably bummed me out real bad, and it didn't. No, I think that this. I mean, it's got its quiet moments for sure, mm-hmm. but I do think that this album. I mean, you know, this this song here. Um, I think he found. I think he found the solution to the world's problems, and it's in the title. Love is the king. Yes. Love. Love. There's a lot of compassion. And there's also some great reflection on this album, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I like about it. This is like, I'm going to, like, it's like, we're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Like, the world is a flaming hot tire right now. Like, garbage fire. But then we've got songs like Opaline. Yeah. I mean. Oh, my God. Yes. That record. Uh, as um, Opaline, Make Believe You Still uh, Love Me. me. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. Oh, and this this song, it's been a bad day lately. Yeah, I l- fucking love this song. Every time I'm like, you know what? It has been a bad day lately, <laughs> and it's such a great way to phrase it too, because yeah. it, it it's of course 
implied then that the bad day has stretched on over the course of multiple days. <laughs> Years even. Yes. About been. Uh, 780 at least. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he didn't even know like it was going to be like a two, three year thing. But mm-hmm. um, that's, um, that's one of the reasons why I'm excited that Wilco's touring again. Because like, he's yes. just going to be... Well, it, Wilco has toured, but it's been how many years since they visited Arizona? Yeah, um, it's been at least... Um, what, probably seven? Yeah. Something like that? It's yeah, been far you, too long. What, what did you do the last time they were here? You're the one who saw them the last time they were here. And yeah, and everything was just fine. Thank you. Um, the last time I saw Maybe them... Maybe they saw that you weren't in the audience. That was it. They are like, clearly we've lost one of them. Uh, the most important one. Yeah. No, uh, the the last time I saw them actually was for um, was not as Wilco, but was for the Tweety tour in Tucson. Okay, well maybe you did something in Tucson that really pissed them off. Yeah, I don't think so. So I don't think so. That was a great show. So I mean, you pissed off Neil Finn last time he was here. It took him a long time to come back, but he did promise this last time that he it wouldn't be so long. Yeah. So <laughs> promises, promises, man. So so he he heard me singing along to I got you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um going back to my point though, like I just um I'm sorry, you were making a point. I was trying to, mm-hmm. like you know, about three or four digressions ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just um with warm and warmer, like it was definitely like those were you know, bummer albums. Like with bright points, I thought Warm well, yeah, had some bright, bright points. Yeah, but I mean, it could have been they were teetering on a Ghost Is Born type. Yes, yeah, type stuff. Yeah, well, I mean, the man was writing these as he was writing his memoir, which included some bummer moments. So, yeah, yes. But um, what I enjoy about this is just that there's optimism, there's hope in this. Yes, and, and he's and again, as I as I alluded to before, the solution was just taking care of each other, love. You know, yeah. family. Like, I think he's, I think he sold into whatever he sold to with his lady and his sons. I think he enjoys being who he is. And every once, every couple of years, he gets together with the boys. And they make an album. And they make an album. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and this one in particular is entirely a Tweety affair. It's, yeah. it's Jeff playing all instruments uh, except for bass, which is played by, um, um, I'm sorry, except for, for drums, which were played by Spencer, Spencer. of course. Yeah. And then uh, Sam yeah. shows up. Sam Tweedy shows up as well. He does some backing vocals, and I think he plays synth on uh, a track or two as well. I think so. I, I had to turn it over to side night. too. But yeah, this is this record's just... Um, it, it was a, I listened to this like two or three times last night. Um, yeah, I listened to it quite a few times myself. So, and I, I enjoyed the mood that set. As I was sitting alone in my house, wondering, do I watch another ER, <laughs> or, or do I keep listening? And I chose to keep listening. It was, it was like a warm blanket. But, you know, so the mood, yeah, the mood on this album, as as you mentioned, I think is definitely, um, it's it's not. There's some storytelling on this one. I mean, Opaline, obviously, mm-hmm. um, and what's the one? Is it is it Gwendolyn? What's the the um, one where he compares the son to a, a big trombone? Oh my <laughs> I'm like, 
The sun beat down like, like a, a big, big trombone. trombone. I'm like, all right, even that one's a bit of a that that one feels like yeah, a stretch one, to uh, me. As a trombone player, um, trombones don't beat down. Anything. I didn't know you played trombone. Oh yeah, for how is it that we've known each other this long and I've never I didn't I never knew you played trombone. I, I played for six years. Wow. So, um, do you still occasionally? Do I occasionally whip out the trombone and do I occasionally blow it? move my slide? Yeah. <laughs> Do I occasionally lubricate the slide? No. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't uh, anymore. I, I, um, I gave it up uh, my senior year uh, and uh, was happy to do so. Uh, huh. Um, I believe um, the tuba and um, the sousaphone and the trombone are pretty much uh, women repellents. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I was, I was watching when I was watching that uh, that Seven Worlds Collide documentary. Uh, the, the song for the sun came out. Uh, one of the musicians, Don McGlashan, played sousaphone, and I had never seen one before. I was like, "What the fuck is that?" And I saw that it was a sousaphone. Like, yeah, it's like a giant pretty, tuba. Yeah, that's a pretty cool instrument. Yeah, I mean, it takes up your whole body. Mm. Um, then again, I did it's, uh, yeah, but. Uh, you know, as you're alluding to, it's it's not a guitar. Yeah, it's, I, it's not the sexiest of instruments. No, it's not. Um, I, though I did date a contrabass clarinet player, um, and uh, I don't know if that sentence has ever been uttered <laughs> on, like out loud, possibly certainly on mic. Happy to be the first. There you go. There you go. Breaking but, ground on on mental yeah. platypus. <laughs> Call the linguists. <laughs> <laughs> But only the cunning linguists. <laughs> Are there any other kind? <laughs> oh, man, I can't. I might edit that out. <laughs> no, I won't. No, it's too good. Keeping it and doubling it, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, but, um, yeah, and um, that's not a very sexy instrument either. It's just like a no, very, yeah. very, very long clarinet. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. That sounds pretty foul. But you knew how to apply your fingers well. <laughs> oh boy! Oh boy! <laughs> Somehow that beat my cunning linguists. <laughs> um, but no, no. So getting back to the album, uh, you know. On, on an album that has this very just, it's this gorgeous kind of strum of, uh, you know, that opens up, if I could have your attention, please, mm-hmm. you know, let yeah. me tell you about my wife and what she means. It's just, it's, it's such a sweet song and it's, it's, it's the kind of sweet that feels earned. Mm-hmm. Like if somebody, if this was on somebody's first album, I'd be like, oh, come on, come on, bud. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. but this, this feels well earned. Um, and there's also to this, if you go back and, and I don't know, I think the most of them have been uploaded to YouTube. You can watch the, the Tweety show, uh, and, and very frequently the guitar that, that Jeff is playing, uh, is, is the one that was primarily used for, for writing the songs. And I, I love stories like that. And Springsteen told one not that long ago too about letters when he was recording letters to you, which is a far inferior album to this, in my opinion. Um, but uh, how, you know, Everything sometimes Springsteen is done lately is inferior, but it's, well, you know, discounting Western, Western stars. Cause I think, I think Western stars is pretty good. Right. It has its moments for sure. The movie version of the songs are better than the, 
Uh, you know, except for the 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 final track, the one about the motel. That one gets yeah. me every time. Yeah. Uh, but no. So apparently, uh, but no is my phrase for the day. Um, as long as it's not cunning linguist. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, that you know that market. That's three times that's been uttered on mic. Uh, the. I, I love stories, hearing stories from songwriters about how you'll, where it's the instrument that brings out the songs, you know, where yeah. suddenly it'll just be, it'll feel right. It'll feel, you'll, you'll just be sitting around picking or strumming and it's just the, the songs kind of flow out. And those, that speaks to the, you know, th- th- this, this is why even though I'm a near atheist, I can't uh, completely discount the idea of, of, you know, just kind of uh, things, mysteries and things we can't explain. The fact that you can find an instrument that just, you know, speaks to you and these things flow out. There's no, there's, sure, there's innate talent. You have to have the talent. Yeah. But the channel. That helps. The, having the channel the, to bring that out, that's, that's magic. Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't think uh, if you played your guitar and I played your guitar. Well, it's not going to make the same sound for it's sure. It's definitely not going to make the same I've sound. actually written some songs on that guitar. It's, um, it's you know, not certainly not with the, the uh, you know, quite at the, at a, I, would never indi- I would never say it was at a Tweety level for sure, but I've, I've written some good melodies on that. Yeah. Well, one day the world will hear them. Maybe. Probably not. But the, uh, I, I think it's true that, you know, that's, it's when I was looking for a guitar, uh, to, to replace the, the, um, the one I've been playing for, I think when I bought this, I'd been playing the other one for, you know, near 20 years. Uh, it was time to, to get something new. And I, you know, went around guitar shopping and playing various various models and so forth and I sat down with that one and it just it did it the, you the right instrument speaks to you at the right time okay I probably just saw one from Esteban <laughs> <laughs> oh man Do you, you know who Esteban is of course right? I know who Esteban is the guy in the fucking hat with the sunglasses and the you know the classical guitar you know he started in Scottsdale right yeah I do yeah I didn't yeah. know that yeah, that's like a whole. That's like a it, whole. If you think about it and his aesthetic, it makes sense. <laughs> Are you saying <laughs> the 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 aesthetic of Esteban, the whitest fucking guy in the world, <laughs> who takes on the moniker Esteban, <laughs> playing playing at Ganey Ranch, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, out at Westworld, probably. You know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I just, um, I had no idea. I thought he was just a creation of some salespeople. But, I mean, he's a good guitar player. But, I mean, I say that as someone who never played guitar. But, uh, anyway, it's not here, neither here nor there. <laughs> um, no, but I, you know, I, I love the, the, I love the feel of this album. I love the, the overall aesthetic of it. I love the mixture of the, you know the the character work and you know and the and the personal songs too yeah um that song that song guess again uh which i've i've listened to so many times and i love that song 
And of course, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in a situation right now where when I heard it yesterday, I was like, oh, <laughs> um, I was like, and then I sent the song because, you know, I'm a sap. You're yeah. going to put it on a playlist. You fucking know it. Yeah. Um, I'm curious as someone, as, as I know you watch the Tweet show quite often. Yes. Um, how many of those songs made on here or they, did you see them, hear them in there? I think I heard most of them in their nascent stages. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then he just kind of went to the loft and then as I read, he went to the loft and, and just, and recorded them. Yeah. yeah. Recorded them Laid them then, down. Yeah. And then worked with his engineer, typical engineer and Tom, uh, Tom Schiff, something like that. Uh, basically the guy who's been the loft engineer for, for years now and has, has started getting co- co-production credit on the album on the Wilco albums I thought you were about to say getting coke and I was like <laughs> no 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 as we've as we as is well documented in the Tweety you know memoir that I read and you listened to um, <laughs> thanks for making that distinction you're welcome it's he's well past that phase yeah yeah you're- as as he says um, you might think I've been drinking again you know and I'm 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 high but it's nothing new yeah yeah. Uh, anyway, um, I, I've yeah. Speaking of of mm-hmm. guess again. Yeah, I I listened to this quite a bit last night. Just this song just made me. It's it's a lovely song, and and I you know, I, I love the imagery of it. I love the sentiment of it, and again, it's just it's well earned. In other mm-hmm. hands, it would have been, it would have been too sappy. Yeah. Do you think? Him, I, it, this being a pandemic album, and a way for people to feel like, do you think maybe he that? I mean, obviously the pandemic set a tone. I guess what right. I'm trying to get is, he, do you think he, it would have been if if things had gone south so fast in 2020? Mm-hmm. Do you think he would have come up with something darker? Maybe. Yeah, I don't know, but uh, it's, it's, it, it for sure seems to to fight against what the mood of that time was. Because I'll I'll I'll, I'll start to I'll compare this to something that will never ever be compared to um, any other place. But I think of Fiona Apple's record. Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. Um, shit. Uh, get the bolt. Was it Fetch the Bolt Cutters? Fetch the Bolt Cutters. Yeah. Which was not written and recorded during the pandemic. It just happened to come it out. It happened to come out during the pandemic. It happened to come out during the but pandemic. But it, it definitely had that claustrophobic feeling of that mm-hmm. time very well. It represented it. If there's ever like a record that captured a moment as the moment was happening. Yeah. It's, it's that record. And that record is dark as fuck. Yes. Like... Someone needs to, like I listen to that record. I'm like, going, is she okay? Like, is she gonna be okay? Yeah. Um, and that's that's a great album, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I love that album immensely. Now I was gonna I was actually gonna compare this a little bit to the last Beth Orton album, which is Weather Alive. Which, and, by the way, you know she's coming to the Mem, right? Oh, is she? In September, yes. Fuck. I know, right? Oh man, I really want to go see her play. I do. I've too. never seen her live. I, I, I've been following her work since Central Reservation came out. She 
is one of my all-time favorite fucking singer-songwriters. This is not a plug uh, for the Mem, but their fall, winter um, lineup this year mm-hmm. is really fucking good. I got to check it out. I'll, I'll have to look it up. Usually, I don't know. I I'm out of the loop, man. I don't. Uh, I'm not on the socials. I don't. I'm not really paying attention to the emails I'm getting. It's just. Uh, yeah. I'm out of the loop. But yeah, Beth Orton's coming. I awesome. was going to tell you, but. I, I, well, you just did. Yeah, yeah, but I was going to tell you off mic. Oh well, but now you've told me on no, mic, and no, I'm, I'm very mic. excited. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. No, uh, that's I. I fuck. I really want to go see that. And since this is a since this is a a, um, a sound medium. Um, I believe uh, you can't see the erection in Jared's pants right now. Oh, Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs> He's very happy. That I'm cutting out. <laughs> yes, I am. I know I shouldn't be looking, but like, it's like it's like a car accident. <laughs> oh, my God. And, and, and my cat is right here, too. My innocent cat. <laughs> Jesus. He knows what things that cat has seen. Oh, yes, you better not talk. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But uh, Weather Alive, I think, is more of if you if you listen to that album and I think it's a great album, but there's definitely a more on the nose pandemic sound to it uh, or feel to it. Yeah, I think it's a gorgeous fucking album, but it's it it definitely has that that feel of, of, you know, are we ever going to leave our homes again kind of yeah. thing? I'm just thinking like... And this to me has much more of a hopeful note to it. Despite yeah. the fact that the Kathy like, album is very is, is is very low key. But like warmer and warmer, they were going into some pretty dark, sad places. Yes. And, and, and this, like... this, I don't think this ever sinks to the kind of lows that warmer could get to. For, yeah, for it can't. Yeah. Um, and I was wondering, I guess my question, my hypothetical question is, had the pandemic not happened, had he not, had he, like the rest of the world, I assume, um, long for a sense of normalcy, mm-hmm. um, if he could have an album with this much optimism, uh, if he would have produced his next album would produce. Like, I'm curious, I'm even thinking to the future now that things are quote unquote back to normal uh-huh. um, if he'll just continue in that trajectory of melancholy sadness you know I don't know if if you listen to Cruel Country yeah you know there's there's definitely no, some playfulness on there too oh yeah but that's still like a pandemic record I you know I disagree with that one I don't feel that on on Cruel Country I that that album to me feels like it's it's the most fun they've had making an album in a while. Yeah. Um and but it's in in tone I think it's actually a, a perfect cousin to Love is the King. Yeah, but you you're forgetting like the again we're forgetting the title here. Cruel. Yeah, but I mean come on. It's that's that's Country's this Country's is the same an album man, of downers. <laughs> th- this is the same man who No, Cool Country I don't think is an album of downers. Uh, I, I, no I country, just, the genre. Oh, country in general. Yes. Yes. Yeah. When, it's, when it is a genre of downers. Before is, Garth Brooks came along and ruined a perfectly good genre. <laughs> right. I was. Yeah. If, it depends on the kind of country we're discussing. Yes. Uh, but the, 
you know, Ode to Joy, I would say, is possibly, you know, that that's the the last like truly dark Wilco album that we got. Yeah, you're you're good point. And so, I, but then like there was the hiatus between that two and right. So would this have been a Wilco album at another time? Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, would this have been? Because outside of the fact that it's all Tweeties on this album and all Tweeties no filler. Uh, <laughs> Uh, no, that there are, there are no members of Wilco appear, uh, appearing here. Um, the it, this this really could the, to me this could have been a Wilco album. Yeah, I think so too. But I'm just it, it would have been you know Nels Klein playing the solos instead. But again, this was a great a great showcase for Tweedy's guitar work. This would have been a double album. It would have uh, had a two minute guitar solo in the middle. <laughs> Which you know I'm on board for, I, I don't I don't want to do a huge, cruel country digression. No, no, I don't either. But, um, and it, it's it's one that I, because it's it's such a a, a sprawling album. I, I I have it hasn't been in heavy rotation, but I have listened to it a few times and I like it mm-hmm. quite a bit. Um, I don't recall there being any epic. Klein soloing on that album. No. I don't recall that either. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty tight album of, of like. I've probably know. listened to that record twice since it's been out. I've listened to it more than that. I I think it's worthy of of revisiting. I think it's it's a, it's actually I think it's actually an it's a dark horse. It's a it's a it's an underrated album in their in their catalog. I think over time, as as their career, you know, because of course, again, being two middle aged white guys, as we are wont to follow down the rabbit holes and read. You know, re uh, retrospectives or, or revisiting uh, a band's careers and and uh, retrospectives and so forth. I think that that album will actually rise towards the the top. You think so? I do. Yeah. Okay. I uh, I think it will be like fine wine. I think if there's something that we've overlooked, and Wilco, and I think it's just power because we gave the fucking gave away for free. Star Wars. Star Wars. Star Wars is an album that I have come to appreciate more and more over time. Yeah. Star Wars and Schmilko. Sleepers. Absolute sleepers. Yeah. Schmilko. I. Oh man. Um, normal American kid. Yeah. 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 Even just you know for that alone. Um, those two. Those two albums are the sleepers for me. Yeah, I I did not I did not give them their due at the time. I, I'll be perfectly honest. I did I did not give them their due at the time. I they have definitely, um, as as songs from those albums will, you know, hit um, through through whatever streaming service I'm listening to at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, as they pop up, I'm like, damn, pickled ginger, great. You know, taste the ceiling, great song. Mm-hmm. Um, ran, even random name generator, I think. As as uh, if I ever was a child. Yeah. Oh yeah. If I ever. Uh, uh, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I think we've been. I think we've been singing on those. Yes. I honestly do. And it was um, a good one-two punch. It was unexpected. Um, you know, and it's it's what opened the door and the model that they've been pretty much following since. So Tweety just being like, ah, "I'm ready for an album. Here you go." Yeah. No, and that's there. Like I think we were discussing the previous episode. 
I think guys like Tweety and Finn mm -hmm. and those guys who have set themselves up to cut themselves out of the expectations of a label. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, because they're, they're on their own now. Uh, you know, uh, Finn has distribution, but, um, you know, he's, he's recording on his own terms. And Wilco has, uh, and, and Tweety in general, have uh, DBPM records, mm -hmm. um, uh, which is their outlet. Yeah. So they can just, they can do what they want. They're operating on their own. They're outside of the system. It's, it's uh, you know, and there, there are some other, other bands and artists that are doing that as well. I, I think um, the deals that like Costello has set up where, where he's just, you know, records when he's ready and gets distribution through <laughs> Universal. Costello's and, always ready. <laughs> yeah. Um, and at Pearl Jam, you know, they're on their own with, with Monkey Wrench. Uh, yeah. They've got their own operation going. Yeah. I don't know if you know, Costello's always ready. When he's not touring, like... He's becoming Dylan. Yeah. Like, it, he's, he's, he's on the road so much at this point. I'm like, are he and Diana okay? That's what I'm wondering. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know they haven't called, so I assume their relationship is fine. Yeah, um, <laughs> well, they didn't call. Well, she didn't call. He didn't call because he was going to talk to us at the show. And oh, we, and yeah. we didn't go. Yeah, we didn't go. No, we didn't go on a summer holiday. Yeah, we did not. Mm. I mean, Nick's always saying hi, but you know. <laughs> which, by the way. Um, by first, do you have anything else to say about this record? About Love is the King? Well, I... No, other than to dovetail it into our rankings of Tweety. So, so, so when you're ready to, to rank the... I'm ready. I, I mean, number one for me is, is Warm. Oh, really? Yeah. I... Hmm. Okay, so one for me is Love is the King. Okay. I just it's a beautiful tight album. I the the fact that it's got um it's got some real bangers on there for me and Guess Again just I think Guess Again single-handedly beats anything on either Warm or Warmer. I I like the I like the depths to which Twee goes in his soul mm -hmm. to come up what he comes up with in Warm. Okay. I, I, um, not that I don't think this is number two for me, by the way. Love is the king. Love is the king. Not that I don't think he's doing that with this record, but like it, it kind of feels, um, it's more feels like a message of happiness and not a reflection of who he is. Not that again, like. It doesn't feel. It doesn't. I'm not trying to say it's insincere. It's. It's a warm blanket, and sometimes I want. I, I appreciate the raw honesty mm -hmm. that warm offers. Sure. Um, so that's why, and it's like, seriously, it's like, the difference They're between neck the and two. Neck. Yeah. It's yeah. It's well, and, uh, you know. So I. Th they complement each other very well. My, my, the entire, you know, I would say, I guess probably top four out of, out of the five. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of what I would put because we, we started off with so many 
Oh, well, I know what my top five are. I just If we're going to talk about the top five of the albums that we've discussed, mm-hmm. for me, it will go uh, Love is the King, mm-hmm. Tweety, Warm, Warmer, and then The Sun Came Out. See, it would go, well, yeah, I guess probably around the same. It would be Warm, Sun Came Out, not, not Warm, Love is the King, Warmer, Suki Ray. And um, the sun came out. Probably. I keep wanting to call it the Tweety album. Is Suki Ray? So yeah, yeah that's Suki Ray is my number two. So, though um, I think that um, that second Golden Smog album definitely gets an honorable mention. Yeah, it's it's well. See, for me, I think floating just right outside the top five is the minus five self-titled, aka the Gun album. Yeah, but see that. It is it is more of a of a minus five album than it is e- yeah. even though even though that uh, you know and, and you know if, even to that extent the the even more I mean down uh, with Wilco down is, with Wilco is the yeah, is, yeah because Wilco is the, the backing band but um yeah th- those are well I felt those needed inclusion because of how heavily Tweety was involved with them mm-hmm. uh, it's they're definitely more scott mccoy than jeff tweedy yeah and if anything if anything that has taught me is the one the beautifulness that is scott mccoy yeah um and the cleverness that is scott mccoy right um and um but i i think those golden smog records uh particularly um weird tales um Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely needs needs uh needs some love i actually probably ranked it as five i i think in general those 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 first two, oh, you would you would push that up above the sun came out. Yeah, really. Yeah, because those golden smog albums need some love, man. I I don't disagree. I, I I think that they they definitely need to, you know, need to be appreciated. Uh, but I don't. I I just the talent, the sheer talent that's on. Uh, on the sun came out. I mean that that uh, outside of the Tweety tracks, uh, the the Lisa Germano track, the the KT Tunstall contribution. Yeah, but we're Runga. talking about straight Tweet influence records. That's why that's why the Sun came out in the minus five for me. Right. Well, I mean, the Sun came out as a Neil Finn led affair, but I think it sounds like. I think it sounds the most like a collaborative effort because they're all mm. over each other's songs. Everybody there. Yeah, but I. That's why I'm. Uh, that's why I'm more leaning towards including Golden down by Smog. the old mainstream and Weird Tales. Yeah. So Weird Tales for you beats out down by the old mainstream. Yes. Uh, I yeah I would I would I would agree with that too. Down by the old uh, I'm sorry Weird Tales is the more consistent. Down by the old mainstream. Uh, I think is a is more of a party atmosphere. Yeah, I and mean, again, like I, I like them both, but I, uh, I think for me, but you Weird know, Tales is the more consistent record. And Weird Tales has, uh, well, uh, Weird Tales has "Please Tell My Brother," mm-hmm. which is, I mean, that's that Tweety song. That's. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, um, but but down by the old mainstream gave us pecan pie. Yes, it did. 
Yes, it did. So, but that's that's where I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Pecan pie. Yes. So I'm going to go warm. Love is the king. Warmer. Suki Ray. And Weird Tales. Going smog. And mine stays consistently. Love is the king. Warm. Warmer. Nope. Love is the King, Suki Ray, Warm, Warmer, Sun came out. Okay. So that's that's the last, the final word on Tweety. Yeah. Getting Tweety with it. We're done. We did. We did well, do it. It took a half a year. It took quite some time. <laughs> this was a hell of a project. And the next project is going to be wild. Yeah. I am looking Buckle forward up. to this. Because I Buckle have decided up, that... What we should do is announce it at the very end. <laughs> Let's. You you had wanted to say something. Do you remember? What yes, you I do to remember. Say what I wanted to say. Okay. Speaking of our friends Elvis and Nick, mm-hmm. uh, or Declan, as I as I refer to. Sure. Mr. Declan Nicholas. and Nicholas. Yeah. yeah. Declan and Nicholas. Uh, Dig my moods. Twenty fifth anniversary came out. Mm. Is there any huge difference between? There's some demos. There, oh, there's demos on there. There's demos on there. Uh, I don't know if I di- dig my mood is a great fucking album. It's no convincer, but right. Yeah, I, well, that trio always. I, I just think the Impossible Bird has some bangers on there. Well, yeah. So, but that trio of Impossible Bird, Dig My Mood, and the Convincer, those three. And it's not that I don't like. It's not that I don't love Impossible um, Bert. I do, but, um, but there's I, something about... I don't think he's ever topped those three albums. No. I, I Well, actually, um, yeah, you're right. Because, um, I mean, I mean, at my what, age... Is what the, came afterwards is, you know, at my, at my age, age and The Old Magic. Those are the, those are the last two. And I like two. those. They're, they're fine. There's, they've got great moments on them. And, uh, uh, one of them gave us, I, I think, at, uh, one of them gave us Sensitive Man. I think that was at my age. age. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, um, and what's the one? Um, the Christmas record. Oh, uh, something street. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Which that one's fine too. It's all right. I'm not a big holiday music fan. Well, I know, but I like Niccolo doing my holidays. Sure. And, and uh, there's anyone who's going to do the soundtrack to my, to my holidays and how much I hate them. Um, it, it should be Nick Lowe. So. You like, you like your coffee with cream and sugar, and you like your holidays low. Yes. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> um, no, but um, I was listening to it yesterday, and like that's, um, I, I and I I really um, dig my mood has faith opens with faithless love. Yes, and it? I really dig and I really dig that mood. Yeah. That, that he, oh yeah. That he, that he kicks off with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is Homewrecker on there too? No, that's Convincer. Oh, that's Convincer. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that right. So, well, I mean, yeah. You you have two successive albums. One opens up with with Faithless Lover. The next one opens up with Homewrecker. I mean, come on. Yes. Come on. Come on. <laughs> no, but um, Convincer. I, I um I what I what I love about these records though is just um. They're populated with characters who have taken absolutely no responsibility for their issues. They're um, they have no idea like how loathsome, horrible people they are. 
Yeah. Um, you know, like, and take no responsibility. Like, you're going to, and it's the women to blame every time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When, like, at least with the convincer, um, uh, some of the characters in those songs take some responsibility for themselves. Right. Well, and it's, it's like, the lately, man being a little, like, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, that untouched takeaway I brought home the other day has got quite a lot to say. Yes. <sighs> Um, That's such a great run. Oh, man. Uh, man. Um, One day we might need to get low. I mean, we can. Still, we still have time to change our mind. I am not changing my mind. <laughs> okay. Let's do uh, tight recommendations, and then we'll, we'll, we'll uh, announce the, the next project. Go ahead. I, so <laughs> I'll be honest. I haven't been watching a lot of new lately. So some of these shows that everybody wants me to watch, like the bear season two and shrinking and, you know, I, uh, all, I, I haven't seen the new mission impossible yet, which I, I want to see. I will have seen by the time this posts, I'll have seen Oppenheimer and Barbie. Uh, but, uh, I've been watching a lot of, uh, with my, with my, lady friend i've been watching a lot of gilmore girls and uh great british baking show oh my uh, gosh you're adorable <laughs> so but no in in my personal time i've been watching sopranos um i'm almost i'm finally almost done with that but just as i was you know sitting here the other day having just you know done another round of of moving stuff from one studio to the next I was sitting down. I was like, you know what? I really feel like watching that I haven't seen in a long time. In treatment. Oh, that show. That and now amazing. I know this has been recently rebooted. Uh, I have not seen the reboot. Nor have I. But this, and I can't say the original version because it is based on an Israeli show. Uh, that I, the name off the top of my head is escaping me. It's like bit bituple or something like that. It's um, the probably the Israeli word for in treatment. Probably, yeah. uh, this the 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 Gabriel Byrne version. Um, just every t- first of all, I'm a huge, huge fan of Gabriel Byrne, as as a as a as a uh, you know, someone who self-identifies as a straight white male. I don't think I've ever actually self-identified as that before in my life, but you know, I'm a, I'm a heterosexual male. I've never you 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 are I, I don't know if you looked in the mirror lately, but you are those things. I am these things. You but don't self-identify. You you are. It's but I do I do think there's a spectrum, and you um, one man can appreciate the beauty of another man. Yes, and I think objectively, I do so all the time. Gabriel Byrne is a beautiful man. He is. Um, you know, and this is Byrne's very lucky, and and a, and a, a brilliant actor. I've recommended his memoir before. I think it's it's one of the best written celebrity mm-hmm. memoirs that I've ever read. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's so talented; he probably wrote himself with that ghostwriter. I it, well, the thing is that it just it reads like Irish literature. So yeah. it's 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 it seems very clear to me that it's his voice, even if it was dictated and not actually written. Um, it's. You know, but I, I, I think I think he did. I, I just get the feeling reading it that he sat there and, and, and wrote it. But he is so good in this show. Mm-hmm. He's so fucking phenomenal in it. And I, I love the conceit of the each episode being a a session. Um and this this first season 
you know, it, it, it gives you an appreciation for Blair Underwood. Um, <laughs> he is he is definitely underappreciated in yeah, this time. Yes. And him him and Smiths, Jimmy yeah. Smiths, those two LA Law guys, underappreciated now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh his you know, Gabriel Burns uh the, you know, the the end of the week capper with him and and uh Diane Wiest. Yes. It's fucking master class. Just the two of the uh like it just I'm in awe every time I watch it. Just the two of them going back and forth. It it's it's just it's a beautiful thing. It's giving me chills thinking about it right now. They're so fucking good together. It's it's it, I, I can't say enough about it. So if you've never seen In Treatment or if you have seen In Treatment in the past and haven't seen it for a while, I highly recommend either I I don't even know if it's available on Max Max I think I th- I know that the reboot is I don't know what's available on Max anymore because so much of what like so much of the of, well for one you should know now that like HBO shows are now on Netflix oh really yeah they put Insecure on Netflix because they they think that any way they can you know get themselves back up in the black. With the streaming thing is yeah, well so but thankfully I have the old DVDs of In Treatment, mm. uh, so I can watch it anytime yeah. I want and not mm. have to have a streaming service. And I wanted to mention because I, I I didn't mention Mia Wasikowski. Yeah, oh yeah, she's in this young young Mia Wasikowski mm-hmm. who plays Sophie. Holy fuck, is she good in this? Yeah, you know, and I don't think we talk about enough. And I about- don't know off the top of my head who plays Laura. Um, um, I'm gonna look it up. While you're looking it up, I don't think we t- even talk so much about the format on which, like, how groundbreaking the format yes. was for this show, because it was half an hour, five days a week, for five weeks, and that's how you had to commit yourself to it. And it was like a se- you know, like a therapy session, mm-hmm. like it moved with you. So they were like recording thirty episodes. And, um, or 25 episodes. The, the first season, it says, was 43 episodes. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Because it was one episode, you know, it was, yeah. One episode for a weekday yeah. for, like, a certain number yeah, of weeks. Yeah, well, and, and each one was the length of a, of a session. And yeah. it's, it's fucking brilliant. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's, it is. It's just genius. There's, I can't, I, I can't did, talk enough about it. And well, for an HBO, I, you know, it's HBO. It's not TV, it's HBO. It was at, a, and it was at a time when that meant something. Too. Yes. But, um, and I, I think we, we neglect to mention too, is that like for even like a cable network like HBO to make that commitment to do like, here's, here's the show that you have to watch daily. Mm-hmm. Um, to, in order to get um, Melissa George plays Laura Hill. She's okay. she's great. Uh, and then M. Beth Davids and Josh Charles. Oh yeah, Josh Charles. As Amy and Jake. Yes. The co- yeah. Oh my fucking god. The the uh, this will be a little bit of a spoiler for anybody who hasn't seen the show. But I mean, come on. It's bit, it was you know, uh, two thousand eight. You've had you've had time. the episode where the two of them, Jake and Amy have like 
you know, reconciled a little bit and they're now, you know, she's finally, ex- you know, happy to be pregnant and mm-hmm. like ready to have the, and then the spotting. Oh my God. Yes. Which then, you know, like the, just the, the way Gabriel Byrne feels so uncomfortable around that. And like he picks up a Kleenex to try to, to try to clean up the couch and the scene with him and Michelle Forbes, who, I mean, come on, Michelle Forbes in this. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's just, it, it is. It's just an acting tour de force. It's so well written, so well acted. I can't, I, I, I can't enthuse enough about it. So I, that's, that's my recommendation. I can't believe Mark Wahlberg Mark had anything Wahlberg to do with this. Yes. With this. Yeah. The man who brought us Entourage. Yeah. I can't believe the man who brought us Entourage. And racism. <laughs> 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 he didn't bring it to us. That was, no, but, that was know, very well established. He's definitely, I would say he's definitely also an executive producer of racism. Yeah, yeah. You're not wrong. And no. bigotry, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, for sure. Um, and um, I, uh, my recommendation, mm-hmm. um, which, again, is nothing new. It's old. But for something I was working on, um, for saying I was working on for uh, an opportunity, mm-hmm. um, I um, had to listen to. Well, I didn't have to. I chose to listen to Roberta Flack's debut album. Oh, first take. Um, and which was in 1969, uh, and they actually just came out with like a 50th anniversary edition. I think like. In 2019? I assume so, yes. <laughs> when it was 50 years old? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it might have been 2020. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, and, God, what a fucking mission statement that is. Mm-hmm. I mean, it indicates it's such, it's got, I mean, it's got soul, it's got, it just, embraces so many genres it's does folk it does r&b and just effortlessly like she does a cover of cohen's hey that's no way to say goodbye that's just brilliant um in the piano playing and of course what it's famous for is um you know the first time i ever saw your face Oh yeah, yeah. Um, which is like double the length of the original of, um, but the whole, like it's jazz, it's soul, it's R and B, it's folk, it's all these things, and her piano playing is just so like it's fantastic, mm-hmm. and her voice. I can't recommend this like album enough, and I realize I'm recommending something that's older than me. Um, but, but not by much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it wouldn't be an episode if you didn't give me the finger for something. That's true. Um, but it's such a bold statement. And I know like nowadays we, she's one of those people who we just think of as someone who just is this adult contemporary star for the A's and the right. But this is like. And the person who 
did the Fuji song, <laughs> you know, before the Fugees did it. Right. And even then, I think that was a cover. But like what I'm trying to say is like, damn, this is just, I could not stop listening to it this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I, 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 it's just the perfect record. Um, and the rumor is 10, it took only 10 hours to record. They did, they took the, de- they did the demos, sold the record and then recorded it in 10 hours. Wow. It, which. That's no, something. Yeah. And what you hear is the 10 hours, you know, the, the cuts from the 10 hours and yeah, I, I just, um, that's what's really over the last two weeks. It's just really grabbed me this week. Um, is that record? And All right. I, and obviously it's available on all streaming services that you listen to your music from, but I'm like, so Roberta Flack, what's the title again? It's called first take first take. Yeah. Okay. It's her first record. It's her debut record. Just like, and the story behind it too is like, she was, so she got, was admitted into Howard when she was 15. Mm-hmm. When she graduated at 19, she was teaching music during the day and she was playing nightclubs at night obviously because mm-hmm. it's a nightclub <laughs> well yeah it would yeah. be awkward to play nightclubs in the morning yeah i mean it's been done but <laughs> sure um but then she gets discovered um by an ar person and they just like just thrown away by her voice which i'm sure which you may or may not know she because of a um a disease she has she can't sing anymore mm um which you know it's tragic because it's probably what she's most known for right um and the guy said let's record some demos gives them to the record execs at atlantic i think i said get on tape and that's they made the 10 hours and they have that and they got everything done the record itself didn't become popular until Eastwood heard the first time I ever saw your face. Mm-hmm. And then he put it in, I think, Play Misty for me. Mm. And then she gets Record of the Year for that song, I think, Kill Me Softly, mm-hmm. the next year. She's the only, so I think she's the only solo artist who's won back-to-back Grammys for Record of the Year. Wow. And that was 50 years ago. No one's done it since. Yeah. Probably no one ever will do it. So, not to mention, if it wasn't for her, we wouldn't have had... Well, she worked... Dying Hathaway was a thing before she right. got... But Dying Hathaway, she worked at Dying Hathaway. She was a mentor to Peebo Bryson. Oh, okay. So, um, we, I think that there's like an unsung hero, <laughs> um, in R and B and soul music and <laughs> adult contemporary. It's Roberta Flack. We never talk about her. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's why, and that's one of the reasons why I like this record so much too. And just cause you sell, you get these little germs of what she's become in the years since. So, but yeah, first take. That's my that's my recommendation. I can't recommend it strongly enough. All right, first take. First take and in treatment. Uh, you know, 
Those are our recommendations. Yeah, it's Not, our podcast. We can new. make our recommendations as old as we want. That's yeah, right. man. Yeah, we're not beholden to advertisers and corporations or the man. <laughs> the other, <laughs> the other movie I watched this week that still kind of holds up. Um, I watched this. I think we've talked about it before. Um, it's called the Manhattan Project. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What um, in preparation for Oppenheimer? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way it's kind of ended up because I watched Inception and Dark Knight last week because it was just me and my boys last week mm-hmm. and um i watched i was just kind of looking for something 80s and um you know and fun uh one night and i've ran across the Mayhem project and i remember what, loving this movie when i was a kid and it stars christopher collet um and cynthia nixon okay <laughs> And it's written and directed by Marshall Brickman, who you might know from Annie Hall. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's about this teenager whose mom's boyfriend, played by John Lithgow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you have talked about yeah, this. Yeah, I have before. talked about this. Movie. Yeah. yeah. So he builds an atomic bomb. Yeah. And to expose the fact that this lab has been in Ithaca, New York, and it's dangerous. And it's so funny to watch that movie now because you see all these nerds just fawn over Cynthia Nixon. It's very, you know, weird and sexist and uh-huh. everything. And um, you get to see um, John Lithgow not be a creep because um, he's not, this isn't a De Palma movie. Right. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's no, uh, was it Raising Cain? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, both Richard Jenkins, um, there's uh, um, the Richard Jenkins is in it, and um, Fred Melamed okay. uh, from A Serious Man. Sure. He, he's in it for like two minutes. Like all these Cohen people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So we're we ready to announce the project? Do it. I we, we were going to do a band. Now, this is a band that takes an intermission. I have decided that I want to include the intermission. Now, we can, we can discuss how we're going to do that. We might you know, do it in an episode. We might split it up into a couple. Um, well, before, but, you, before you continue, uh-huh. we should do a palate cleanser episode first. Should we? Yeah, we should do a shoot the shit episode. We'll talk about it. This is off mic talk. But the, the next miniseries we're going to do is Forster and McLennan, who are best known as the go-betweens. Now, it would not surprise me if maybe only one of our listeners knows who the go-betweens are, but I have, I, I have made it kind of a, one of my missions in life to spread the gospel of the go-betweens because I think they are one of the greatest bands that nobody's ever heard. Um, the, the, they were started in the, I want to say late seventies, uh, by, you know, Robert Forster and, uh, Grant McLennan in Brisbane, Australia, Brisbane, but go ahead. whatever Brisbane, fine. And, uh, you know, rose to no stardom, but called infamy. Um, and it's just they've when I it, it uh, and I don't even huh I wonder how I first heard them too because 
I think what happened was I took a chance. Um, I, it was at a point where I was just buying most of what Yep Rock released. As you should. And they released an album in, I want to say 2005, called Oceans Apart. Okay. And I listened to that album and I fell in love with that album. It, it's a perfect album end to end. And I, I needed more. I'm like, oh, this is, they've, they've been around, at that point, they'd been around for 25 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had so much to go and, and listen to. And it's, it's, it's like the aesthetics of, of blonde, uh, not blonde on blonde, but like Blood on the Tracks era, Bob Dylan meets the monkeys. <laughs> that, that's two wildly divergent paths. But it's, it's like, you know, the, the, the sort of, of pop sensibility of that with the poeticism of the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, they, like I said, they've, they've now, since that album came out, so that's, that's nearly 20 years ago, uh, they, they've, they've been one of my favorite bands and there's a lot to tell about them. I actually have resources for this. Um, there's a great book on the go-betweens, but I, I want to say his name is David Nichols. Uh, there's another book that, uh, Robert Forster wrote called Grant and I that celebrates his relationship with Grant McLennan, who unfortunately passed. Uh, shortly after Oceans Apart was released mm. and they'd had this, you know, like first surge of popularity in their career where they were getting just the audiences they deserved and, mm. the, and the appreciation. And uh, it was very sad. It was actually um, when Grant McLennan died, I cried a little bit because I was, you know, I was, uh, I had gotten deep into their music and I was, I, uh, that one hurt. Um, and I am so looking forward to talking about this band. And I don't... Have you ever heard any of their music? No, I honestly haven't. I, so, I've heard the band because... I mean, fuck, I'm friends with you. Yeah. So, and and I, I'm familiar with, you know, Yep Rock and all the wonders that they release. Well, and they, they released... They each released, I want to say, three or four albums apiece during the period of time between 1986 when they broke up and then 1999 when they got back together. And... Uh, they're you know to varying degrees of success but they they i think they tell the story uh it's it's a good bridge between the first period of the go-betweens and the second period of the Mm go-betweens and um i would feel wrong to not include them in some way now robert forster has continued to record outside of of the go-betweens but i think that that is separate and i'm not planning to include that although i may talk about it a little bit because they are great albums um, but yeah, that's going to be it. We're going to, I haven't come up with a series title yet. It might be called, uh, you know, between the go-betweens. Um, but, uh, I'm not married to that one yet. We'll have a series title by the time, uh, it comes about. And that's so, so start looking into that. The first album, uh, by, by the go-betweens. Why can't I think uh, of it off the top of my head? For some reason, yeah, I was gonna say, before <laughs> Hollywood is the one that comes to mind, but that's their second album. Um, Bear with me. It is. There we go. Their first album. Well, their first album proper, because there was, uh, there was, they recorded some singles and 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 demos, but um, in Brisbane. In Brisbane, "Send Me a Lullaby" is their first official uh, album. Yeah, came out in 1981. So. 
I'm just saying a when, year older than I am. Yeah. So I'm just saying that if you, um, when you start writing the biopic mm-hmm. of the go betweens, mm-hmm. uh, you need to know how to pronounce Brisbane, right? Brisbane. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. So that's going to do it. Thanks. Uh, thanks for listening as always. And please keep a mental platter peeps and we'll, uh, we'll see you. Stay mental. Stay mental.